Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I liked the idea of being perceived as myself instead of being sexualized because okay. i feel like yeah. um in the western world mm-hmm. especially i mean it's a very very broad topic but going into you know like uh capitalism and socialism and how women are sexualized in yeah. the eyes of men and so i do not want to be like a part of that mm-hmm. i want to keep myself to me it is truly enlightening to explore the diverse perspectives of hijabi women and how they relate to their experiences with the hijab, shaped by their geographical backgrounds and upbringing. Personally, my journey with the hijab has predominantly unfolded in the heart of Texas, known for its conservative and southern culture. Yet today, we have the privilege of delving into the stories of hijabi women from London, each with unique narratives about their journey to embracing the hijab and how their Muslim identities have been influenced by their distinct locations within London, be it the vibrant east side or the cosmopolitan west side, while also cherishing their individual beliefs. Let's tune in to the episode. So, where do you live in London? I live in southwest London, and... Um, yeah, I've lived there for about 10, 11 years now. Yeah. I think over 10, 11 years. Um, yeah. Do you want me to talk about, like... Yeah, you can talk about, yeah, like, how like Muslim, how is it living okay. there, like... So, where I live specifically, yeah. there's a huge community of, um, like, Pakistani Muslims. Yeah. Even though they're a different, I guess, like, belief. Yeah. Like, slightly different. The, uh, the Ahmadiyas. Yeah, yeah, so they're, they're different. Um, I was still able to kind of see a lot of... Um, hijabi representation yeah. in schools and it's like for my teachers and just around yeah. me in general um, locally which was great growing up so it wasn't like um, a, like me living in South London was quite different because like I went to a different school so it was like very western like white yeah. 
white, very white, non-hijabis at all. But it was different for you because you went to, like, a different school. Yeah, I mean, my school was, like, majority, like I was probably, at some point, I was the only hijabi. Okay, yeah. Um, and then there was, like, one other hijabi, mm-hmm. which she wasn't too practicing. She would sometimes not wear it and sometimes okay. wear it. So it was, like, a... That's interesting. She was on a different journey, I guess. Yeah. So there had been times where I was the only hijabi, but... I guess because I started wearing at such a young age, because I was like 12, mm. um, I think 12, 13, okay, yeah. that kind of became a part of me and it wasn't something that I picked apart. Like, yeah. <clears throat> it just, it, it, when it becomes a piece of you, you kind of just accept it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if I was to wear it a bit later on in life, I would have reacted differently to it. Mm, because when you're growing, you're still, I think, like mentally developing and have growing that confidence and so when it becomes a part of you initially, mm. then it helps in those ways. Like growing. Yeah, with it. That makes sense. What about you, Soma? <laughs> um, I'm from East London. Yeah. As you may know, East London yeah. is filled with Asians and um, there's like hijabis everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hijab and, you know, the Muslim identity, it's very easy to be a Muslim mm-hmm. in East London. Yeah. And so growing up, I didn't wear the hijab. Oh, really? Contrary to a lot of um, okay. other hijabis, yeah. I started wearing it roughly around in year ten or okay. year eleven, mm-hmm. um, and I wore it because you know I felt ready, mm-hmm. um, and you know seeing around me like the community, the Muslim community was really nice to see, and. Um, it was it was an, yeah it's it's a very nice area for Muslims because you can express yourself be mm-hmm. yourself um, dress the way you want to dress you know yeah. and you won't be judged because there's so many Muslims in the community that it's, it's very easy to be yourself. Cool, Sabia. <laughs> um, I'm from Central London and mm. I lived there my entire life. So I was yeah. literally born and raised there, and mm. I'm still living there. Um, in terms of like my area specifically is very um the popular like the people who live in my area they're mainly Bengali okay. um so like Muslims obviously um but like Central London in general is very diverse so I see a mix of everyone I feel like mm-hmm. I see like all ethnicities I see lots of different religions um but in my area specifically it's Bengali so it's mainly a lot of Muslims yeah so I was basically I was like growing up in an environment where I saw like so many Muslim women wearing the hijab. Um, but then at the same time, I saw, like, non-Muslims as well. Yeah. Um, in, like, particularly, like, my s- school kind of life. Yeah. Um, I obviously went to, like, a Church of England school, mm. um, a majority white school. Mm. And there was literally, like, th- I think three hijabis in my year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all in different classes as well. So okay. I was literally the only hijabi in my class. Yeah. Um, so it was, I'd say it was, it was a little, it was a bit difficult to, obviously, you know, wear the hijab during school and everything. Mm-hmm. I started wearing the hijab when I was, like, yeah. 11, 12 years old. Okay. So I was quite young when I started as well. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a lot of people around me who were wearing the hijab. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I saw, you know, obviously, like, my family, um, people around me in my area who, like, wear the hijab and so many Muslims who are, like, wearing this veil, yeah. um, it kind of, like, inspired me to obviously wear it from, like, such a young age. Yeah. Um, and even though I went to a school where it was literally majority white people, yeah. um, that didn't really impact like um, my kind of opinions on the hijab. I still like stuck to wearing it, mm-hmm. and I still am wearing it till this current day. Nice, that's really yeah. good. Um, yeah. So we've like understood like each other's understandings of like our our hijab journey and where we are now, and I feel like we all came from like different areas, which is really interesting. Um, 
yeah, so I guess how would you guys like define hijab? Me personally, um, when I first started wearing it, I don't think I understood the true meaning of it. It was more of just because of attending Islamic schools, uh-huh. um, like, you know, every Saturday and also because of like where I come from um, ethnically since I'm Turkish and I've lived in Turkey the first, you know, few years of my life mm-hmm. that has always been a part of me. Yeah. I've seen it like my moms and my aunties and the family members always, uh, you know, practicing hijab. So it wasn't something, you know, like, I guess I had to know the meaning of. It was just mm-hmm. a part of me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when it kind of started. Yeah. And as I grew older, it, I have struggled because... As you go older, I feel like, especially in the Western world, there's so many trends and mm-hmm. in schools, it's so easy to be influenced by, you know, those kind of things that, especially like with your friends and mm-hmm. what people are wearing. Mm-hmm. So there has been times where you, I wanted to like, you know, take a part of it, but I can't do that because it's a part you're different, yeah. you know, as Muslim women, like, we're very different. And another thing is that growing up, I had to always be a specific way because when people look at me they don't see me as a girl they see me as a muslim girl Mm. because obviously when you wear the hijab you are showing everyone else what you represent yes definitely and so yeah um that was you know what it was and then as i grew older i kind of learned more meaning to it and i liked the idea of being perceived as myself instead of being sexualized because okay. I feel like yeah. um, in the Western world, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, it's a very, very broad topic, but going into, you know, like uh, capitalism and socialism and how women are sexualized for yeah. the eyes of men. And so I do not want to be like a part of that. Mm-hmm. I want to keep myself to me only. Yeah. And um, another reason is that obviously God has told us to so it's an obligation as a muslim woman especially practicing mm-hmm. to you know wear the hijab yeah um, so yeah do you feel like that's like a there's like this term called like an you're like intersectional so intersectional is like two identities that come together do you feel like you're a what do you feel like you have two identities i feel yeah i, I don't think there's like one side to this because um obviously growing up you change a lot and you learn yeah. a lot more so when I, when I first started wearing the hijab, I don't think I knew the meaning of it. Mm. I think I just did it because of culture, mm-hmm. more of culture. Because okay. obviously in our cultures, you know, we have that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was never forced. And initially, actually, my mum mm. was against it because I was still, you know, 12, 13. Yeah. And I could have waited a little bit longer. Yeah. And she was scared that I would be, you know, a victim of um, racism. Okay. So, Islamophobia. You know, so Islamophobia. So, yeah. yeah. Because of that, she was like wait you know a couple years more until you're grown older yeah but uh my dad and you know everyone else was quite supportive so i just went for it on like a random day (laughs) literally i just like i just kept i i just kept it on it was like a wednesday and i turned up to school like that and everyone was like i've actually had friends be like take it off it doesn't look really yeah wow i had a lot of um white european wow uh, friends that were literally was like take it off it doesn't look good it was that was that their reason yeah. why yeah just because it didn't look good and this was like near nine but i was like Damn. i'm not wearing it because it looks good you know it's just me wow <laughs> so but i had like a few teachers who you know sat down with me yeah one of them especially was one of my favorite teachers he sat down and he was like 
oh, like, why did you do this? You know, as, as in he just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Like, just kindly, you know, just curious. And yeah. he was very kind and understanding. And he really did, like, listen to me. And I feel like that kind of made me feel better as well. Because That's good. Even though there were people who weren't accepting, yeah. there were people who were willing to listen and understand your point of view. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Oh, wow, it's really interesting. <laughs> what about you guys? Well, if it's either you, if you want to go, um, that's fine. Yeah, so I agree with what um, Amina was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like even when I was younger as well, yeah. um, when I started wearing the hijab, I didn't really know the true meaning of it. It was just like, you know, I was told this is an obligation from Islam, yeah. that women have to wear it. I wasn't forced to wear it, it was obviously my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like one difference between me and you is like my mum, on the other hand, she wanted me to, she was eager okay. for me to wear from a young age yeah. because she would tell me that it would actually be easier for me to mm. kind of fit into society and wear it from a young age yeah. as opposed to like wearing it when I'm a lot more older and I see like girls around me, um, kind of a lot of girls who don't wear obviously that might influence me. Yeah. So like I was advised that it would be easier for me to actually start wearing the hijab like when I started secondary school. Okay, yeah. So that is like a new kind of fresh beginning um and obviously at that like age like you're mm. that's the peak of like your growth i feel like that's yeah when you're developing the most Definitely. um like psychologically mentally everything wise i guess physically as well um but yeah i feel like as i'm growing older now and as i'm like studying islam mm. and really understanding the true meaning of the hijab um obviously the hijab is i like personally i believe it's literally part of my identity yeah um it's a big part of my Id- identity um and like obviously because i'm living in a western society I do obviously, well, even though I personally just identify myself as a Muslim, if mm. someone asked me how you identify yourself, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a British Muslim or okay. this, that. I would yeah. just identify myself as a Muslim. Yeah. Um, and the hijab obviously plays a big role in that yeah. um, because it literally shows people that I am a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it shows... I think, obviously, London is such a diverse city mm. where there's so many different religions, so many different beliefs... Um, it's like important for me to show like who I am, yeah, and definitely. I want to like definitely present myself as a Muslim. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> what about you, so You don't if you don't have anything. It's fine. Um, no, I agree with them. Yeah. Um, I started wearing the like, so I went to Islamic school, <laughs> as in I would after my normal primary school I would go to like madrasa, madrasa, yeah. And so I, from from the age of five, I would wear the not the age of five, sorry. Around 11, 12-ish, mm-hmm. I would go wear the hijab and then go to madrasa. And it was just such a norm. Like, it was just something you put on. And at that time, I didn't really understand the meaning of the hijab. Yeah. I didn't get why we wore it. I yeah. just knew we wear it when we go to the mosque. when we're going to the mosque, yeah. essentially. And I just saw my sister wearing it, my mum wearing it. My mum is in a niqabi, so she, offers, um, okay. she wears a niqab as well. Yeah. And... Um, my whole family is majority of them wear the hijab, so yeah. it's just something that I've I've grown up around mm-hmm. and witnessed, and then in year ten I I reached um, the age of maturity, yeah. and so I was told it would be nice to wear the hijab, and I did wear it. I wasn't forced. It was just you know like an obligation mm-hmm. of Islam. Yeah. Um, however, I, I didn't feel connected to it. Yeah. You know, there was no connection. I just wore it because it felt like it was the right Everyone thing to do. Was. Everyone else was wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I wore it, but I didn't understand the meaning of it. And I think uh, it was an on and off thing. So I wear it sometimes, take it off, wear it, take it yeah. off. And it took a lot of years of actually realizing that, you know, the more I learned about Islam, the more I 
could understand why we wear the hijab. Mm-hmm. And so the the only reason I knew what the hijab was for was delving into Islam. Mm-hmm. And so my bond with the hijab has become really strong because I've realized that the hijab isn't just to preserve your beauty. Mm-hmm. It's also a way to, as Sadia said, show your identity to yeah. people, to be different from mm-hmm. the rest. You know, Islam is like, sta- not standing out, but showing them you're a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And this is what separates us from everyone that's not Muslim. And it's it's our one way to show people that, you know, Islam is a beautiful religion. Mm-hmm. By, by me identifying as a hijabi Muslim, when I'm treating someone nicely, mm. they would think, oh, Islam isn't such a bad religion, you know? And they, they might be interested in the religion and researching it further. Yeah. So the hijab isn't just a way for me to show people that I'm Muslim. It's also a way for me to kind of influence people into showing them what Islam means, mm. you know, what the true beauty the of truth. Islam. And they can see that through my actions. Mm-hmm. So right now, my connection with hijab is more than just a physical thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. more with em- it's, it's more emotional and it has a lot of meaning, not just for me, but for the people that see me wearing mm-hmm. it. Very beautiful. <laughs> that was very beautiful, guys. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah, what did you want to say? Yeah, yeah. of course, I mean, so I think a whole part of like that, just being a visible Muslim, is as well the sisterhood. I yes, feel like. so in a lot of ways, we're very different from other people, and so we could feel, I guess, lonely and secluded and like you know, in society, but yeah, having. Like, when you're outside and you see another Muslim woman, yeah. you know, hijabi, it's so easy to feel comfort mm-hmm. in their presence mm-hmm. because you know that she's almost, she's gone through the same things you have in some ways. Yeah. And so you have similar experiences and you believe in the same thing. So having that, you know, there around you is it's amazing. Yeah. Especially, like, us, like, at a young age. We, most of us maybe wouldn't have worn it if we didn't have those kind of influences around us. Definitely. And so, now that we're older, I try my best to, like, I'm not obviously perfect, but it's it's nice to have that influence towards others because I see young girls sometimes, yeah. you know, they will just say, Salam alaikum, yeah. you know, like little kids. Yeah. And so it's nice that they probably see us the way we used to see others around us wow, because yeah. e- like you know they used to influence us and now we influence the next generation of muslim women mm-hmm. and um and that connection that you have you know like you go somewhere and you see a hijabi woman yeah. you know that she's going to be supportive yeah and then there's always you know they're saying salam alaikum mm. you know giving giving them you know saying hi and things like that yeah. um yeah i think it brings like the community together as well mm. and um yeah, like, it it adds a lot to the experience, I feel like, that um, being together, yeah, the good. connection you have with other humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adding on to that, I feel like yeah, so. the hijab also kind of, like, helps you to be on your best behaviour. Yeah. As, yeah. as totally crazy agree, yeah. as it sounds, like, you always want to make sure you're portraying your best self in front of people. Mm and not on bad behavior like every time you're with maybe in a situation or in an altercation outside with a especially a non-muslim 
you try showing your best self so that people don't get the idea that Islam is bad, you know? Because mm-hmm. Islam is a religion of peace. beauty and peace and um, love. And mm-hmm. so we're in the hijab where we're kind of carrying the name of Islam, you know, we're showing people what Islam yeah. is truly about. So it helps you stay in track and prevents you from, you know, acting in a way that you shouldn't and just, yeah. just, just helps you be the best version of yourself. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is very true. It, it puts you in like, you're you, you're displaying to everyone. I'm a Muslim, and this is this is how we as Muslims are. We're not vile. We're not aggressive. Yeah. We're peaceful people, mm. and I feel um yeah. yeah <laughs> like even when you receive hate, that you choose to give love and like mm. just kind of following in the footsteps of the Sunnah of our Prophet. Yeah. Yes. Muslim, like yeah. you know just kind of being kind no matter what. Yeah. If you're a Muslim woman, you're likely familiar with the nail polish debate. A Turkish author from the University of Glasgow has researched this topic extensively, concluding that nail polish can represent a harmonious blend of faith and beauty for many. Embracing this perspective, Mercy Cosmetics, a U.S.-based halal nail polish brand, offers a wide range of vegan halal certified products. They also prioritize social responsibility, pledging to donate 20% of profits to provide water to underprivileged communities. As a special offer for Journal Hijabi listeners, you can enjoy a 15% discount on your entire order by visiting mercycosmetics.com slash journalhijabi or using the code journalhijabi in all caps, no spaces at checkout. That's mercycosmetics.com slash journalhijabi Mercy, M-E-R-S-I, cosmetics.com slash journal hijabi, or using the code journal hijabi at checkout. Join Mercy Cosmetics in celebrating the joy of nail polish without compromising your values. And it does, honestly, it does really like keep you on track, track because it is not just I mean, like she said, like hijab is not just, you know, what you wear, but it's also the way you treat people and the way you, you know, act yeah. and the way you walk and the way you carry yourself. Definitely. You're, def- you're a lot more careful. And like even me, I feel like personally, when I'm not observing the hijab perfectly yeah. to the point I should, because obviously I feel like sometimes we struggle and sometimes we don't dress as modestly as we should. When I see other Muslim women who have dressed modestly, I feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Personally, I feel embarrassed, and I'm. I just, you know, I, I have the embarrassment, and I think like, oh, like I should do better. I should be better. Mm-hmm. So even you know, hijab does actually push you to become a better version of yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And do you feel? Do you guys feel like um, you have a duty as hijabi women to like um, be the best versions of? what Islam and who you are as, as a hijabi woman to portray to like society that how like the rhetoric that, that the West already has yeah. of hijab do you feel like you have that duty? I feel like a lot of the times when people look at us they might look at us and think oh she's probably forced by her parents or by yeah. her culture or whatever it is but they don't realise that it's actually a lot more freeing mm. than they think because in the West, they have normalized that sexualizing yourself is freedom, when in reality, it does yeah. not bring any 
kind of positive positive thing towards the woman because the only thing it truly benefits is the eyes of men mm. and so they by doing this by sexualizing women they do capitalize off of it they make a lot of money through let's just say makeup and um you know loads of other things and like fashion trends and those kind of things they do capitalize off the insecurities of women which are caused by sexualization mm. of them and so when you're a hijabi woman and if let's say in a society uh, like most women observe the hijab right yeah you wouldn't look at a woman and think of less of yourself because you don't have that body you don't have that face mm. you don't have that whatever it is and so I feel like it would make women more comfortable and more confident in yeah. themselves. Yeah. Whereas we we all, even though we're hijabis, we all do live in a society where, you know, those kind of things are constantly thrown at us. Yeah. And so even as a woman who observes the hijab, you still feel sexualized because you're still a yeah. woman and you're still kind of under the influence of, you know, um, the media and yeah. I guess... You guys know what I'm trying to say, but I can't word it perfectly. No, you you articulated it very nice. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think on to that point, um, mm-hmm. the whole idea of like fashion. Um, I think it's really weird how the West has this idea that the hijab is oppressing. Yeah, it's it's the worst thing a woman can wear. Um, you know, to be free, a woman must. Yeah. show her cleavage, show her hair and you know that's how she is free yeah. but um, if you look at the modelling industry for example they are also wearing things that represent the hijab yeah. and labelling it as freedom and fashion but when someone does it out of choice it is suddenly oppression yeah. and the fact that many Muslims have come out and said the hijab is their freedom yeah. and yet the rhetoric of hijab as an oppression is yeah. still out there and still being pushed it's um it's weird to say that there isn't why this agenda is being pushed even though yeah millions of people can attest to it and you know show the beauty of the hijab and why they chose to wear it yeah. and time and time again they're being people are being told that no they, they're not even if you choose you're not choosing to wear yeah. it you're being forced yeah. and so this rhetoric um, I don't know where it's essentially coming from, mm. but because as hijabis, you know, we've been through um, this hijab journey, so mm. we would know better than the non-Muslims and those that aren't hijabis of what it feels like to be forced if yeah. we were forced. And so them pushing this idea of the hijab as something that is being forced is kind of brainwashing in a sense. Mm. It's brainwashing little kids. Yeah. It's brainwashing sometimes. I even had thought if, you know, like, am I, am I actually being forced? Like, is it because everyone else is doing it? Am I doing it for that? And it makes you question things. Of course. But when you speak to other hijabis and when you, when you actually have that sense of community, you realize, yes, it is a choice because there's so many people that are Muslims that don't wear it. Yeah. And... Of course, there's going to be some that are forced, but then there's some that are forced into, uh, you know, um, into showing their bodies, into showing their hair, and are forced to unveil themselves. Yeah. So 
that should also be talked about just as much as you know the hijab being forced what about the other rhetoric of course there's going to be bad sides to everything however yeah. for the majority hijab is more of freedom rather yeah. than oppression and yeah. so this rhetoric definitely needs to be questioned and by sharing our opinions and our journeys yeah we hope that one day people can actually see that you know we're not being forced we're actually learning to be free mm. can i add yeah. yeah um i think the idea of muslim women being oppressed and kind of being shown in a negative light has to do with islam itself and the core of islam mm. is the fact that in a islamic if we were to live in like a full-on islamic society mm. because of the religion itself that it is a socialist religion right mm -hmm. so it is it's it kind of gives equality to all and a balance to your life um a capitalist society will not survive off of a muslim community yeah and so showing muslims muslim whether it's muslim women or just muslims in general and negative that kind of helps them because they're making us look wrong um to make themselves look right yeah. i guess especially in the western world it's, you know, so I think that's why that Muslim women are shown to be oppressed and in a negative light because they won't be able to capitalize off of us otherwise. Mm -hmm. Very true. Definitely. Yeah. It goes against the beauty standards, you know, yeah. it, it prevents you from comparing yourself. You know, it makes it seem like we're all one, one community. We're all together. Yeah. You know, we're not here to verse each other. We're here mm. to support each other. We're here for unity. We're not here to benefit off, you know, like, uh, compare ourselves and everything and as I mean said the hijab is a way of going against capitalist yeah. society and yeah. and just you know beating everything that the west says and I think of course if something doesn't match your rhetoric you're gonna have to villainize it of course yeah. Yeah. just adding on to what yeah, you guys said yeah. um I feel like obviously western society western media they're obviously going to make their stereotypes stereotypical assumptions mm -hmm. about muslims regardless yeah. like they have been doing it and they are going to continue doing that yeah. and also we as muslims we just have to kind of i guess live with that unfortunately mm. um but i feel like one thing which western society don't understand and even the muslim community as well a lot of the muslim community um they don't understand that a lot of these muslims are actually on their own journey yeah. with the hijab and their modest wear um so it's it's not just like on a, it's not just like oh you either wear the hijab or not mm. um there's more to it i feel like there's so much more to it um there's a lot of people who might find it difficult to you know start wearing modest clothes so they might you know start with you know maybe dressing differently and then yeah. you know shifting to the hijab um whereas you know people other people they might find it just easy to straight away you know wearing the hijab and i just feel like no not a lot of people really understand that people like all these muslims they go on their own journeys mm. um and like that's so important because everyone is different yeah. um everyone's unique um not everyone is the same like we just all were speaking about um and everyone's gonna kind of have their own time i guess when things come right to them when things just fit um fit to their standards i guess yeah um and just how like the Western uh, society say, you know, like we have choice, like we have yeah. choice to, you know, do this, do that, like yeah. this, that. But they're kind of neglecting us this choice. Mm. Um, they're kind of showing that oh, we don't have a choice. We're being forced. When in reality, a lot of, we know that a lot of Muslims, most most Muslims are not forced. It's our choice that we, you know, choose to dress modestly or choose to, you know, dress, uh, wear yeah. the hijab. Um, so just like these like different meanings that 
the Western society are kind of like making up if it were like, like yeah. they, on the one hand they say you know everyone should be given choice but, not, but on the other hand they're showing like they're literally yeah. it's like a paradox yeah exactly it's a paradox yeah yeah it's yeah it's very interesting and like picking a point like it's a human right we're like yeah. we have a human right to exercise our religion mm-hmm. and to live our religion and show our religion but the societies and the governments who like ban hijab or like even like in Iran, where they're like forcing hijab onto women, no. that's not giving choice. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, no. that's an interesting point because I think you know back in the olden days, everyone observed the hijab. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, if you see like pictures from the old British society back in uh, five hundred years ago, yeah, they were observing the hijab and wearing modest, modest wear, yeah. and nuns, nuns cover themselves <laughs> fully. Yeah. Yet, not once have I ever heard someone saying they're being oppressed. Yeah. Or that they are being forced, mm. or that they are doing something bad. Instead, they are, you know, they are looked up at as as important people. They are always portrayed as important people that you know have the choice and that are pure. But yet, the same importance and the same freedom of choice isn't given to the hijab. Mm. So it makes you wonder: is it the clothing or is it the religion that they have the issue mm. with? Very true. <laughs> yeah. And I think adding to like this entire thing, culture plays a huge role in it as well. Mm. I feel like a lot of the times we mix like when it comes to forcing the hijab, right? Yeah. A lot of people think, Oh yeah, you're forced the hijab. It's because um most cultures, uh, they're very patriarchal, I mm. guess, like where, you know, men are in control. Like, yeah. Especially where we come from. Like mm-hmm. me, um, I come from a very traditional Turkish family. Yeah. And so my parents, they are practicing Muslims, but there has been many cases where they've put culture before religion. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times, because what they've been taught growing up, I think it's wrong, but also what they practice now, um, it's just they can't tell the difference between religion and culture. Mm. And so I feel like when they're not educated enough with Islam, mm. they go with what they think is right, mm-hmm. which has been influenced by culture. Mm. And so... There could be, I guess, like in other like um, cultures too, you know, same as middle, I guess, Middle Eastern, Asian, South Asian, mm-hmm. you know, African, like literally anywhere in the world. Um, I guess these these kind of cultures they do force certain things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it's very common, and a lot of like, uh, you know, to be truthfully. Yeah. But I don't think this has much to do with religion because, as yeah. you know, we've all talked about, mm-hmm. Islam is a peaceful and a religion of love really yeah um but most of this you know i guess force and hatred and you know negative things they don't stem from islam itself it stems from um you know cultures because um even before islam a lot of things were practiced where they were you know women weren't as important yeah right women weren't taking care of especially like in Arab cultures yeah. uh, when you had a daughter they would bury them alive yeah. and so our prophet yeah. when you know when our prophet came you know, comes, yeah. yes, revealed to the world yeah. um, we were given rights before any other society yeah. Muslim women we, exactly. had, we had rights yeah. you know the ones that they had only like 100 200 years ago in England divorce was legal 
by and even yeah. though it was legal it was only able to be done by men yeah but this right was given like 500 600 years ago exactly yeah. to muslim women that we had the right to divorce and we had the right to property and we yeah. had the right to you know a, a lot of things that they've only accepted in the last 100 years in the western world yeah and so i feel like sorry, sorry. Uh, and so i feel like educating yourself with islam really does help a lot yeah. you know when it comes to understanding mm. and that's why i feel like our hijab journeys it becomes more meaningful um yeah. as you grow older because when you're younger you're extremely easy to influence and brainwash and me myself i have been brainwashed even though you know i was practicing the hijab i wasn't a good muslim there have been many times where i doubted islam mm-hmm. and so um i actually had to as i grew older i had to learn it all myself through practicing and learning and attending lectures and just listening to things and you know just reading the quran in general and knowing the meaning of things Mm. and why we do these things and so i feel like the whole journey the hijab journey um has to do with your spiritual journey too Mm. and your kind of understanding of what islam is Mm. and where it comes from and why we do this and Mm. you know everything else that comes with it Mm. Yeah, nice. And listen to what you were saying about culture, um, I feel like it's really interesting because, you know, all these different, like, I guess, like, intersectional dynamics of, you know, religion, culture, yeah. Western ideals, everything that is in your life. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can obviously, like, a lot of Muslims, they are, they're probably confused about how to kind of identify themselves or exactly. they have, like, this identity crisis yeah. where they don't, they don't, I mean... They might not know the middle ground yeah. as to, you know, if they, like, how should they dress? Should it be um, fully, you know, following Islamic principles or modesty? Mm-hmm. Or because they're living in a Western society, do I need to, like, kind of follow certain Western ideals to kind of show that I'm fitting in? Yeah. Um, so, like, I feel like all these different intersectional dynamics is interesting to consider because, again, yeah. it's, I guess, it's based on, again, one's self, like, own kind of individual... Um, beliefs yeah um again like i was saying before like everyone's so different everyone's unique um because you're muslim doesn't mean um you might just solely um identify yourself as a muslim you might um like to you might like to kind of have that western identity as well intertwined um and again the other way around as well like you might um even though you're living in a western society you might not want to um identify as anything else other than a muslim woman Mm. um to fully show that um, you just identify as a Muslim woman. So, yeah, I feel like all these different dynamics of, you know, like, where you live as well, like, yeah. the context of where you live. Um, obviously, like, the UK is a very Western society mm. where, you know, we have, obviously, Muslims, non-Muslims. But, like, let's just talk about maybe, like, Saudi Arabia, for example, yeah. where, like, the norm there is to wear, like, a bias. Yeah. And nearly, I feel like, majority of people wear the hijab there. So, obviously, it would be more... E- I feel like it'd be easier for girls to, you know, wear the hijab there and wear their buyer, whereas it'd be, obviously, a lot more difficult in the UK, like, in a Western society context, where you're literally exposed to, you know, people wearing shorter, more revealing clothes. Yeah. And so you're kind of, like, in this identity crisis where you don't really know where you put yourself in this kind of spectrum, I guess. That is very true. Yeah. And I feel like even in Saudi Arabia, like, they... That's the holy land. Yeah. And they still, like, they... Their identity is Muslims. But still, they have, like, their mm-hmm. craziness of the West. Yes. No, yeah. Their un- underground drinking and clubbing and concerts and yeah. all of that gambling and, like, 
patriarchy and like power and money but they still portray themselves as Muslims so it's like it's very complex mm. I feel yeah. like it's very individualistic yeah. yeah like it doesn't even matter where you live at this point anymore it's more about your own personal beliefs and what you've um, what you've grown up kind of learning um, how much you've studied maybe your own religion yeah um, because it doesn't matter like like you were saying like in Saudi Arabia even though it's such a holy country yeah you obviously see like the other side of it um and that's growing like as time is going on yeah. there's more people kind of like yeah kind of following that yeah. i think this follows back to colonialism um yeah. especially in the sense of we were divided countries were divided in such a way that it brought nothing but division uh, between people mm. arguments um culture disparities and um yeah. just the idea of different cultures being um, pushed into one area and yeah. other cultures being pushed out and those lines that the British essentially built mm. kind of created a sense of loss in identity and mm. uh, having to rebuild a new identity mm-hmm. and this caused a lot of um, issues especially with the Muslim identity because when people were divided a lot of people kind of what they use what they used to identify with like as in the tribes and stuff that was kind of gone it was now yeah. you know countries being named as something else mm-hmm. and this brought about so much division within people yeah. and this pushed the agenda that you know these countries these names that are given to you yeah. is what defines you mm-hmm. and so people instead of defining as a muslim which islam clearly tells us that we're all brothers and sisters yeah. It created more division and it created a sense of confusion within people mm-hmm. to identify as something that was given to them by the British. Mm. So now people are such nationalists and choose culture over religion mm. when their culture isn't essentially even theirs to begin with. Yeah. And it's, it's really crazy to think mm. about because essentially, you know, religion was where it started first you know there was in the beginning of time many of the religious people believed that believed that we weren't given a culture we weren't given you know a place we mm. were just told you're adam Islam was told um that he was going to be sent to earth and it wasn't a matter of what culture he was what race he was what, what skin color, color what, yeah. what anything it yeah. was just the fact that he was muslim mm-hmm. and the fact that we've come so far into now having to identify with skin color having to identify with the culture mm. having to identify with this that when it should only be about being a muslim mm. and this has this this point has been uh, pushed so many times in in the quran However, ignorance has led to people believing that one skin color is superior mm. to the other and one way of doing things is superior to the other. Mm. And so essentially you have to argue how many people follow their religion mm. in the right way that it should be followed and are on the right path and are actual Muslims and how many are being misled by mm. the Western ideals that are deeply ingrained with them from generations that it has passed down and are now kind of mixing that with their Islamic uh, Muslim identity, mm. which shouldn't be the case because you shouldn't yeah. mix any identity with Islam, especially when Islam prohibits it, you yeah. know? Um, it sh- Islam has always said that 
there should be nothing separating you from one another and you should all be there should be a there should be a sense of unitedness between all Muslims however in today's society you can see that there is many many cases of especially in South Asian culture and I'm pretty sure in Turkish uh, cultures as well there must be a sense of division between different ethnic groups and different um, people and this division is overlooked by even within religious people themselves mm. and so I think it, it, it dotes back all the way to to colonialism and Literally. it's very hard to get rid of these decolonized deeply deeply colonized beliefs that we all might have within us yeah and i think the first step would be to acknowledge it and then change mm. the future generations. I, think <laughs> I think it's just, yeah i think yeah as muslims we have to like realize i'm it's, i'm firstly it's very difficult no, of course. Because we've been like culture, to some extent, it does make up who you are as well. Like, because um, growing up, you yeah, you've grown up practicing a lot of you know celebrations and beliefs and people and things like that. And so, I I understand, of course, the that a lot of people it's hard to practice perfectly when you have those things within you, um, which go against the, you know Islam. And so it's really hard to change that. Yeah, it's it's that's one. Yeah, it's very difficult to like unravel that and like come back to what the main principles of Islam is. Mm. Yeah. You know? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.